Hi guys, welcome back to the Glass Jar Podcast. My name is Akila Kader. I am joined with my co-host Moavia Dadabai. Fancy. <laughs> um, and today we have a special guest who prefers to be anonymous on this podcast. But we're going to be speaking about, I think, what everybody wants to speak about: relationships, heartbreak, and healing. Um, so we're going to have her on in a little bit. But for now, I just want to catch up with Moawiya because he vented earlier this week. And I just want to know how he's doing because my heart does go out to all the first years. And I was feeling a little bit um, sorry for them. Not, not in a bad way, but I was feeling like, oh, I wish I could just hold them all and cradle them all. Because shame, they're just going through the absolute most for no reason, you know. So yeah, I did tweet about it. And uh, yeah, I just want to know how you're doing. Did you... I retweeted it, and uh, it got good, it got some good feedback from my followers. Um, since our podcast day, I haven't done much work. I mean, I haven't worked at all. So next week is, I mean, this coming week is holiday week, or not? It's supposed to be holiday, but it's basically study week because we have exams after. Um, but I told myself that Saturday and Sunday was a chill day. But I managed to finish all my work on Thursday. So you bet Friday was a chill day as well because I'm in no mood to actually work. You know what? I hence, actually think that... Hence the podcast today on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we both had this day like available, like coincidentally, you know, uh, for our guest as well. Um, because not a lot of the time we have like days off so close to each other. Like we just recorded one like two days ago. So yeah, I just want to say that I personally think that no work is also like a part of like like your progress and your process. Like having a day to not work is good. Like you're supposed to have days that you just don't do anything. I just okay. don't think we should be working all the time every single there's day. A, there's a, there's yeah. a problem to that. Um, sorry to cut you off. The thing is, when you don't have work, you're always thinking about the work that's to come. So it's never really yeah, but true, like, is it? I just, I just feel you, you have to live with no work some of the days, I guess. I don't know. I, I really do give myself a lot of days off. Maybe that's why I don't complain as much. But then I have to work in like clusters. I have to like work a lot of days and nights at the same time. So, you know what? Maybe I should go a little bit harder on myself, but I probably won't, you know? Okay. On to, do you have anything else to add on this topic? No, let's introduce our guest. I'm just really freaking excited about talking to our guest. I'm sorry. I'm very excited. So guys, we have with us, oh, like I said, Anonymous. Um, I know her through social media and I'm really happy and I'm glad that she's uh, agreed to come and speak to us about this thing. She does interact with the podcast. Um, so that was like a win for us as well. Um, she's going to speak about relationships, heartbreak and healing, like I said. Um, she's going to introduce herself. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thanks. I hope that all your listeners are also really well when they're listening to this. And I hope that um, the podcast can maybe give them some insight on, you know, if they've been through something or perhaps even in the future, because I think that it's always something that's going to be applicable at some point in your life. Now, tell us... Um, Tell us a little bit about what um, you've experienced or what you've like been through um, to for us to want you to be on the podcast. Because clearly, Moabi and I, we, we speak a little, we dapple about relationships a little bit here and there. But obviously, we don't have a lot of experience um, regarding relationships and things. So tell us a little bit about your experiences. You don't have to go in detail about anything if you don't want, but some. So I was um, married for about six months and um, I guess one could say I was quite young. I was only 19, um, but I, six months obviously, and then I, um, we got divorced. Um, and I guess uh, that would be like the heart rate of heartbreaks. You know, it's not something that someone, you know, pictures um, themselves going through at any point. Um, especially, you know, when you enter a marriage, it's something that you expect to be in, you know, for the rest of your life. Um, but yeah, I, it's been about um, a year and a number of months since then. And I'm definitely in a better place than I was 
um, obviously after the divorce and everything that happened before that. Um, so, yeah. I'm really glad that you are in a better place and that you have agreed to speak to however many people listen to this. Maybe we'll get some traction because we finally have guests on our podcast. Um, but, you know, it's good that you speak about this to um, to people on like a platform that's like pretty social um, because a lot of the time people want to know these things and obviously you go to your friends and that but sometimes your friends have the same advice that you kind of have because you guys none of you guys have been married but you know you're going to them for advice and of course you should go to your friends for advice I mean you shouldn't just do life by yourself but it's nice that you have some experience and you can tell people and even if one person takes away one good point from this entire thing then I mean at least we've we've helped someone in some way because a lot of people sort of go into relationships and sometimes it could be rushed or sometimes it could be just like oh my god like this is so great and it is a very happy thing to do but maybe you wouldn't have done certain things if you would have known about certain things so um what was your initial like or what was your decision? Like, yes, I'm going to get married. I want to marry this person. Was it like, I love them so much? Or I think it's the right thing to do? Or I don't know, what was the decision? Well, yeah, I mean, we'd been dating for a while before that. And um, obviously, when my parents found out, then they, you know, wanted to be something serious. I guess I always knew that from the onset of my relationship, I was quite honest about it. I said, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship that's, um, you know, like a fling. And it's obviously going to be a serious relationship with, you know, an intention of perhaps getting married at some point. But I suppose, um, you know, perhaps it happened sooner than I expected it to happen, you know, getting married. But I never had any um, any doubt. I actually read Istikhara, which, you know, background for guest speakers who might not know about it. And speakers, sorry. <laughs> Why am I saying that? Sorry, verbal typo, guys. I meant to say listeners. Um, yeah, um, background on that is uh, it's a prayer and you basically um, ask for God's guidance in a decision. So after all of that, I had no feelings of doubt. I actually I felt I was overjoyed, you know, that I'm going to be married to this person who I, you know, adored and I just loved spending time with him. And, you know, obviously if you're married, then you can see them even more and your family knows about it. And yeah, so um, it was definitely a decision that I made on my own. I was never pressurized into it. Um, although my parents, you know, told me that it's obviously the better thing to do. So yeah, I guess it was a combination of um, it being the right thing to do and um, also just really being in love. Okay. I mean, it's very important that you are really in love with the person. <laughs> I guess it adds a lot of um, substance to the marriage. Uh, but I just want to know if you have like, uh, if you could give like some like really solid advice to someone who wants to get married, what's something that you have to consider? Like maybe that you, maybe that you might not have considered before you got married or maybe that you did consider and it like really changed the way um, like you went into the marriage or like how mm-hmm. good or slash bad it turned out like anything to consider yeah. going in well first of all um, it's very important to like, attend premarital counseling I think that um, it puts things into perspective so I actually did attend um, a counseling session beforehand but I guess only afterwards I realized that we actually needed to discuss more in that session than what we did and when I say that, I mean, um, you know, discussing the questions that no one really wants to speak about when you're all starry-eyed, you know, um, for instance, um, living arrangements, finance, sorry, um, what your partner expects of you in terms of roles, um, you know, gender roles in, in a marriage, that it's obviously going to change. It's not the same as when you're dating someone, um, they're going to have certain expectations of you. So you need to discuss things like that. You know, do you expect me to have children now or later on? Can I work? Can't I work? Um, who's going to be the main, main breadwinner? And, you know, things like that. Um, visiting family, a whole lot of topics. I know I'm probably just slamming you with um, a list of no, things. This, but, this is um, really good. 
yeah, it's those are things that really need to be discussed beforehand because yes, you might be compatible with someone, but those are the things that kind of form more than just the foundation of your marriage. So yes, there has to be love and, um, you know, care for that person. But if those things are not working out, then, I mean, some of them you can compromise on, sure. But a lot of them, if that's your value, then that's your value. And it's something that you can't, um, you're not willing to negotiate, then obviously it's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. Um, That's very important. I'm just like thinking about everything that you just said. Um, I like that you mentioned all the things that you should discuss. Obviously, that's not all the things you you should discuss, but it's pretty important to set those boundaries and to know what the other person expects and how far you're willing to go to deliver on those expectations. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes they need to compromise instead of you needing to compromise. For instance, the conversation about having kids, obviously, that's a very big thing. You're just bringing a human being into the world with someone else. And it's not the easiest job in the world. It's pretty difficult. And it's like 20 years you have to sacrifice for this other human being. And it's a lot. Um, So you need to know whether they want to have kids as soon as they get married or they want to have kids um, a few years from now. And also, do you even want to have kids? If one wants to have kids, the other doesn't. That's going to be a bit of a problem. Um, if you don't discuss that prior and then of course there's like a whole lot of other things especially like finances like you mentioned like who's going to be the bre- the main breadwinner are you both going to work but if you're both going to work you both have to cook and clean and do the dishes yeah. and washing and clean the house etc so there's definitely a lot of back and forth going with um conversations and that and the difficult part i would say i would say is um discussing it before you get married because I think you're so in love and infatuated or maybe not like you just genuinely are in love with this person yeah you just like you said like you adore them so much you just like and of course we're human beings we build up an idea of a person in our heads so you just think oh it's like the most perfect person in the world I'm so happy to get married to them so you try to push these difficult conversations to the side and just leave them because you think they're going to be like up to your expectations and like be able to compromise for you and be able to like agree with whatever you're saying and, you know, to walk through this. But sometimes it's not that easy because they think the same of you, you know, so yeah. they think, oh, they're going to be doing the same things. And then that's I think that's when the conflict comes. Sometimes it comes later rather than yeah. earlier, like we we hope it would. So, yeah, I think that's a big, big chunk of advice to properly speak and communicate about all the stuff, especially, especially the difficult conversations that just shouldn't go um, and like be put to the side. Um, Wow, is awfully quiet. (laughs) Um, I have a question. So what's come to my mind um, to our our guest speaker is that uh, when people talk about marriage and when people talk about getting married or specifically at a young age when do you think it's ideally a good age to get married from your experience does age matter or is it the maturity of a person's mental state slash emotional state that defines when someone's able to get married don't know if i'm making sense there no it makes sense i think that um age and maturity do often have a correlation yes you do get some outliers who, you know, seem a lot older than their age. In fact, I often feel like that. Sometimes I feel like I'm not compatible with people in my age group anymore. But um, yeah, so I think that I think that age definitely is a factor. And um, you you do need to, you know, think about it practically. Your life is going to change when you get married. Are you ready to give up going out with your friends like you used to? Um, and yeah, there's, there's a definitely a lot that, that you have to consider. And are you ready to move out? You know, you're not going to be staying with your parents anymore. And yeah, I'm not sure what else I can say about that, but it definitely is a factor. And I think that if you are really young and you want to get married, I'm not saying don't get married because um, especially in Islam, you know, we're not really meant to date. Although I think there's an appropriate way that you can do that so that you can get to know the person a little bit better and 
discuss all those topics that we said are a little bit difficult to discuss. Because at first, you know, someone might be putting forward their best picture of themselves. I think we all do that when we when we just meet someone, you you want them to really like you, and you might not be entirely honest about who you are. So, you know, just give it some more time. Um, enjoy those bits bits of your life now because if there's no need to rush you know if that person is meant for you then they'll be for you they'll still hang around so even if they have to be in the friend zone for three or four years it's okay (laughs) yeah so to any listener who feels like they're in the friend zone with someone with anyone who feels like you, you know you're just not getting there if you're meant to be for them you will undoubtedly be meant for them you will be in their life but like obviously if you are in the friend zone and if you're not meant for them then I'm sorry buddy you're gonna stay in the friend zone because you're just not meant for them (laughs) so yeah everybody needs to remember if you're meant for them you're meant for them and you will be for them but if not then I really can't um, help you from from the boys perspective you know the guys friend zoning (laughs) um I I don't know, but I speak from my experience with my gents that normally when we're in the friend zone, it's time to dip because generally I see my guys putting in more of the efforts and then they get hurt. So you'd need to, you can't just say that you have to sit in the friend zone. You have to assess the situation. If it's friend zone due to like family or something, yeah, hang around. But if you're putting in so much effort, um, our guest speaker can correct me on this, but I feel that if a person is putting in like 90% of the effort and the other person is doing 10%, whether it's the guy or the girl or vice versa or whatever it is, it's time to dip. I don't know. Does everyone agree on that? I think, yeah, I think if you're friends, you sh- it shouldn't be a 90%, 10% relationship. It should still be a lot, like, you know, at least kind of balanced. But yeah, if you can tell that someone is just taking advantage of you and the other person is like, Maybe they're in love with someone else and then they just come to you and things are not working <laughs> out. <laughs> then, yeah, no, I think you have to be, you have to definitely think about yourself and unfortunately just be a little bit selfish. And okay. um, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's best to push that person away and say, nope, I'm not for this. I'm, I'm either in your life or I'm not. I like that you mentioned that you have to be a little bit selfish because I'm a big advocate for being selfish, but in a good way. In a good way. Like I, I feel like a lot of the time you should just put yourself first. You have to. Um, yeah. Because, and I don't mean be selfish like like really badly where you're just blatantly hurting people around you and uh, being really narcissistic about things. Um, but I think um, if you keep putting people first, you're putting everybody first and you're just kind of neglecting yourself, what's the point? Because... You have to live with yourself every day and you have to take care of yourself every day. Now, if you're putting everyone else before you, they're going to go on with their lives, go home, go wherever they need to, and you're still going to be there being put second best to yourself. I feel like at least for yourself, you should at least choose yourself, you know? And like you said, if they're in love with someone else, you need to dip. Um, I'm thinking of a few people. That's why obviously I won't mention them, but I am thinking of a few people. (laughs) who have and who are in relationships with other people who are just like not in a relationship the same way with them you know and uh yeah guys some evaluation now that we're on this what do you think are some red flags wait wait wait, in wait, 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 wait. And in wait, wait, wait. okay before we go there mm. while we're on this right I've, I've had a i've had an epiphany or i've had this thoughts for a very long time um a little mm. bit of background i i was not selfish and i used to put everybody except myself first for a very long time mm-hmm. for like 18 years of my life um back to my epiphany um i just want to hear you guys thoughts on this so in primary school and preschool right we we have like this perception that ah i'm better than you like you tell it to your friend and then like no you're being selfish or like no i'm better than you and then what was that um like in primary school people used to say you like Oh, that person's conceited because they're full of themselves, right? Like that's that's I, I don't know. Is everybody has everybody come across this? Yeah. Have you guys come across this? I, in yeah. yeah, they have they have exuded a little bit of confidence, but they know it's you know they conceited. Right. So I, I don't know if that's what you mean. So with this whole thing in mind, I think um, that 
has affected a lot of people that have grown. Like, so from our generation, from like 1998 kids to like about 2005, 2004, had like that phase where there wasn't phones and social media. Like we only got it later on in life. So we actually used to interact with our peers more in Mm. primary school, like on the jungle gym and stuff. I feel that Mm -hmm. um, the way that we've been like, uh, what I see from people around me, uh, my age, a bit younger, a bit older, I speak to a lot of people. Um, I see that a lot of people don't take care of themselves. But I feel the root stem actually comes from primary school. Like it comes from that stupid thing of somebody calling me conceited when I was young. And now it feels weird to like put yourself forward. It feels weird. And is it selfish? Is it actually selfish to like focus on your mental state? Is it selfish to focus no. on your emotional state? Akila, you can't call it selfish. Can't say you're no, selfish. You are no, looking that's after not selfish. yourself. No, that's definitely not selfish. That's one hundred percent not selfish. Um, your mental health and emotional well-being comes first, um, irrespective of whether you have other people in your life that you put above yourself or whatever. Like your mental health and and emotional well-being is like always should be like the center and like the pivotal thing that you always come back to and it's like i gotta take care of this it's like your child it's like your little baby okay that's what i see it as so that's definitely not counted as being selfish and you shouldn't be like oh i'm putting my mental health first first so you know i'm gonna be a little selfish no that's like that has to be there that's like a constant. That's what I feel like. Um, okay, so it seems like primary school really selfish? traumatized you though. <laughs> <laughs> a selfish would be like, for instance. Oh, okay. For instance. Okay. Wait, um, maybe our guest speaker can help us. Ooh, selfish in a relationship. Do you want to go? Okay, know. wait. Does selfish always have negative connotations? Maybe yeah. not. It have a positive meaning. It probably does have a positive meaning. I'm just saying, like, in the case of, like, say a relationship. You're in a relationship with someone else. And you realize that you want to pursue things in life. You want to go and uh, travel the world, for instance. Or you want to go and, and, and study something, okay? And they maybe don't have, like, the same, like, support for you. Or don't have, like, the same views and outlooks on these kind of things and you think okay i need to i need to accomplish x y and z um before i do anything right um in that way i really think you can choose yourself and you can put yourself first and then just say i don't have the time space and energy for a relationship at this point in my life i think that's valid maybe maybe you guys would disagree but i think that's very valid if you have stuff going on in your life that you need to do and accomplish and stuff that you want to do and you just don't feel like you can give all the energy because I feel like it's even worse if you have someone in your life and then you just treat them like garbage because you don't have time for them Um, whereas you can like go and say listen I don't have time for this now and like you know I I care for you a lot um, but I just can't give you all of that like time, energy, and effort right now, I have to do other stuff. I don't know. I feel like that's that's a little bit selfish, but I also feel like you have to sometimes do those things. Yeah, I guess it depends on um, on what it is. Like if it's, oh, I don't want to see my family because I want to go and visit my friends, but you've been seeing your friends like consecutively for the past few days, and you know maybe you should have chosen to spend time with your family. That would maybe be a li- like a little bit selfish. But um, if it's like, say, you need to study for an important exam and one of your friends is saying, no, I really feel like I need to get out, you know, um, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit bored at home. But you say, I have this exam, this important exam to write, and it's a priority to me. And it's not that, you know, you aren't important to me. I care a lot about you as well. But perhaps we can do this tomorrow after my exam. Yeah. yeah. It's also a lot of like um, compromise has to like go on there so yeah i agree that being selfish you do need to be selfish um at certain times though don't 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 take me out of context and don't go and just be selfish to everyone all the time i mean be what is it called be kind to people and have humility and i don't know what's all the other words the good words um but like you know give people the time of day like it's it's, it's nice to be kind and to be there for people and to support others and to, um, you know, 
comfort others, I guess. Um, but don't forget about yourself. That's just the basis of it. Don't forget about yourself. All right. Next question. I have like a whole list of questions, but I don't think wait, we're going to get through all of um, them thus far cast. Wait, I think it was in relation to what our guest speaker mentioned early on. Uh, okay, wait. Akila, you can go first. It needs to come back to me. I lost my train of thought. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have like a like a broad question, which is very... No, no, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. It's part of your question. It's from your question. So um, our guest speaker mentioned something about like um, the stage of where if it it was in relation to how long you should wait for getting married and stuff. Um, So let's go. uh, Just shift that a bit, that idea to the talking stage, right? Mm. To our guest speaker. There is generally a stage called the talking stage in a relationship that's before a relationship is actually initiated it's more like the friendly stage uh you can be regarded as friends and in our day and age of our generation as people between like 16 to 22 or so um we have this idea of messaging like that's normally how people meet maybe they meet once or twice and then numbers are exchanged but then there's no interaction at all you're always talking on the phone um in terms of getting into a relationship or deciding that the relationship is not for you, do you feel dates should be included in the talking stage? So going out with Definitely. the person, interacting yes. with them. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if you are like corresponding over social media, it's it might be a picture of you, but it's not a real picture or a full picture. And you definitely need to be going after that person to... Um, you know, to have an, a complete idea of them. How how on earth would you be able to get to know someone from social media? I mean, people often, I mean, if you have cat, something like the catfish, I mean, that just goes to show how people can, you know, sell themselves a certain way. I'm sure people can still sell themselves like in person, you know, they might um, also portray themselves a certain way. But on social media, I feel like that you're just making it a lot easier um, for yourself and for the other person and how you how would you know whether you're actually compatible or not okay so i mean yeah, yeah. so on that right uh, let's let's be realistic um we all here are muslims right so dating <laughs> in itself is not right there are certain procedures that need to take place now to our listeners that are listening and i think we can ask our guest speaker from experience. Um, let's 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 dive into this topic of our parents, our older generation, the way they see dating, the way they see relationships. Is it not a big factor in how we um, live our relationship? Like the secrecy that we hide from our parents if we are not yeah. open with our parents, does that affect the relationship to a certain extent? Or does being open with your parents help increase the way that your relationship is with your partner um i don't know if this is like all making sense it's it's more of like this the old generation affecting the way we communicate yeah, with our it, partners and it does i mean obviously though they would have to be you know some sort of secret secrecy so if you you know going out with someone and you don't want your parents to know perhaps they're like really strict then you have to make up something and it's puts pressure on your relationship you're going to feel like when you're out with him oh my word what if my parents see me what if someone phones me you know what if this comes out so I feel like perhaps if you're still at that stage where you feel like you can't be open with your parents about something like that perhaps that person is not you're not serious enough about them to confront the reality of perhaps getting married to them and telling your parents but hey, I'm actually really serious about this person. I'm actually serious about getting married. Then perhaps you shouldn't um, be dating them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Am I... What do no, you I think, think you're that? absolutely you, correct. You're making sense. So any tips to our listeners um, to approach their parents to be more open or... Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean... I'm trying to think of myself now and obviously yeah. back then um, it just came out and I was doing the whole secrecy thing and then my parents found out about it. But now if if I had to be in that situation, I guess I would want to be open about it from the get-go. So what I would 
do was, you know, I would first try to um, just bring it in slowly, you know, say, I understand that you're going, you are protective over me. Um, you're worried about me um, being taken advantage of or being hurt. And, but this is how I feel. And at some point in my life, I am going to, you know, find that person. But I want to be honest with you and I want to be open about it with you. I don't want it to be a secret because sometimes, especially with Muslim families, I feel like there's this thing of let's keep it a secret, but your parents know that something is going on and you know, but you don't actually confront it. And it just creates unnecessary tension and, mm. um, you know, lying and all of that. Just to tell your parents, like, I just want to be open with you. I want to avoid all of that. And you can know, you can meet the person if you want to. And you can give me your opinion on how you think we should meet so that it's appropriate and suits your um, expectations or, you know, um, how you think it should go. But yeah, I think if you are feeling like you're serious enough about that person, then I, I think that it would work out well. Yeah, I think if you're serious about them, um, there's, there should be like nothing stopping you from like getting married. If you're serious about them and serious about getting married, because marriage is a very, very big thing and it's a big step, a big commitment. Yeah, so if you want to and you're serious, I think you should tell your parents and, you know, do it. I mean, some, I think hey, they would be open to like letting you like, you know, get to know them, like getting to know yeah. You know them under like like obviously you don't want to get married like tomorrow now. You, you gotta like like you gotta ease into it because you really yeah. need to dig deep and find out like everything there is to know about a person that you can before getting mm -hmm. married to someone. So like I think if you tell them, obviously your parents will be like, yeah, fine, and like let you like meet them, see them, get to know them. I just think that's you know healthy in that. So yeah, that's 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 my opinion, but only if you really want to, guys. <laughs> mm, I think you have to be serious enough about it. Not if you're flinging around. This is not for flinging around. This is not for flinging around. Yeah, uh, if if you're flinging around and uh, you're not serious and you don't want to commit and you don't want to, you know, be with the person all the time and you don't want to marry the person, then just you know, just just keep it a secret. Just, then it's not worth it to introduce them to your parents. But yeah, also everybody has like different rules and opinions. Oh, disclaimer, none of us are professionals here. Yeah. Um, our guest speaker just knows more than we do. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, we are talking about this topic called relationships. But I'd like to dive in a bit deeper into love. And after the break, we will be discussing the topic of love. Okay, so we are back from our break and we are discussing love. Now, in a relationship, there is normally the I like you stage. Well, firstly, we've established that we go through the talking stage. And hopefully in your guys' case, that the talking stage works out. If it doesn't, um, don't stress. There are, as they say, many fish in the sea. So you've passed the talking stage. Mm -hmm. You're now in a relationship. So I guess, speaker... How long do you think it takes to fall in love with a person? When do you think it's the right time to tell the person that you are in love with that person? And before we even discuss that, what is love to you? Because everybody has a different definition of love. And uh, Akira will also tell us what love is to her. Well, we'll go with our guest okay. first. <laughs> okay. I guess, um... I mean, if you look at your relationship with your parents or your siblings, that's the first sort of relationship that we know of, you know, that, that feeling of love. So obviously, you kind of have an idea of what that feels like. It's um, deep, like a deep feeling of fear and admiration, generally, um, for, for our parents or siblings. And I guess with a romantic partner, it would be a little bit different. Um, but I think it could be you could compare the two. If you are feeling something like that and, you know, you want to be in this person's company a lot, but it's it's not just that. I mean, you need to also ask yourself, am I just in love with how they look and perhaps um, just the idea of this, relation, this possible relationship? Um, but yeah, I guess 
for everyone, it will be different. I think you just know. I know that it sounds cliche, but I think that you just know when when you're in love with someone. And with regards to it, like a time frame, I don't think there is one. Some people fall in love. It, they, you know, they say love at first sight, you know, one or two meetings and they, they know this is the one for me. But for others, it might take a little bit of time. Uh, you know, they, they might not, um, they might not uh, feel like they're ready to be in a romantic relationship just yet. And then to tell the other person that, hey, I, I love you, I guess that can be a really daunting experience. Um, but I guess like the whole thing with discussing difficult topics with your parents, um, I think you just have to go for it. If you really know that you are certain about it and you think that the other person is feeling the same way, then just go for it. Okay. Thank you, Agreed. Just go for it. Akila, my co host. You're asking me what is love to yeah. me, like what yeah. it means to me. Um, of what, what our guest speaker said, like love is, you know, like the first form of love is like your family and your siblings. And, you know, and then I think the second would be your friends. You love your friends, of course. Um, and then I think the third um, is, of course, with a significant other. I don't know, I feel like that's the furthest that you can take love because it's so, like, intimate and so, like, it's just on, a, like, a higher experience with someone else, you know? Um, and I think it's that feeling of, like, comfort and, like, finding, like, the best friend and also someone who you want to, like, be with for the rest of your life. Like, you just can't see yourself being that close to anyone else. I think I think that is love, just finding like the most comfortable place with another person, you know? You know, like how they say like, oh, this person's like my home, like that little thing that people say. I would assume that's like what it should feel like. Like you should feel like really comfortable with someone and you should be willing to go to prison for them. No, not really. <laughs> But I feel like you would just like, you should, you would, I don't know. I think you would want to do a lot for them. Like, mm -hmm. That's what love is. You just like want to give them and do everything for them. And yeah, and they obviously would, should want to do the same for you. Yeah, I think it's probably like a really nice feeling. Yeah. That's what love is to me. Have I experienced it? Not sure. But maybe one day. <laughs> and Mu'awiyah, my co-host, what is love to you? Love to me. Hmm. Love to me is a reflection of how you see your creator. And um, this awakening that I had was actually <laughs> from the 40 Rules of Love. It was, it's a book. I, the author is... I have it. Elif Shafak. Yeah, wait. I, it looks like I borrowed it to someone. Did I borrow it to you? I have it, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So one of the rules of love um, and that stuck out to me and changed my whole perception was that the way that you perceive your higher creator or your creator is the way that you see love. So if you are fearful and scared of your creator, your inner soul basically is like fear and like scared. But if you see your, your Lord as like compassionate and loving, you represent compassion and loving through yourself. But that's just like loving as, uh, okay, to, to further bring it down in your guys' context, I feel it's to have like an, emo an emotional and mental connection with the person that you say you're in love with, whether it's your, your family or uh, your friend or a romantic partner. And when I say like emotional and mental, you are always, you always feel like you're supported by that person and you can be yourself. I think that's when you are mm -hmm. in love. Or you feel loved. I agree. Okay. You should have went first. <laughs> I, I should have went last. I shouldn't have gone. <laughs> um, okay. I, I do agree. Akila? Uh, I, I have a question here. Wait, which one was it? Um, yeah. Um, okay, this is, this is not about love. Why did you introduce the segment is love? We still on relationships. Okay, we're moving back to relationships. <laughs> it's just a sidetrack. <laughs> okay. Um, to our, to our guest speaker, of course, um, what's a mistake that you 
or even your partner i mean you don't you don't have to speak about them but like what's a mistake that you've made like in a relationship in a part in the past that you don't want to repeat and that you can like tell people like hey don't do this maybe um i think that i would be um very strict with myself in terms of um going for a relationship like immediately i think that um there needs to be you know like okay we said talking stage fine that's you know you see a person now and again you chat a little if you if you know like it's in person but then i don't think you should start dating immediately i feel like that's a mistake that i made um you know to to date someone immediately i think that um you know being friends with someone it it kind of proves to you whether you know you really like that person and whether they really like you because there isn't there isn't anything like that they're going to benefit from it you're not really i mean obviously okay friendship there is there obviously are some um positives to having a friend but i mean it's not like they know okay um i'm going to be friends with her and we're going just so that i can get a date with her you know something like that if you are friends with a person for a while it takes away all of that so it's it's just pure you know how this person is treating me is just because you know they they have um a good feeling about me and we enjoy each other's company and that's that it's it's raw it's pure and sorry I didn't mean for that to rhyme but um <laughs> yeah I don't know if I'm making any sense but I feel like jumping into dating it kind of skews things a little because you're going to um perceive them in a certain way and just want to do like everything to please them but you're not actually 100% sure whether you like them or not it might just be that you're romanticizing them that you are infatuated by them and you might not even realize it you might think that it's love and i think that it's okay to be friends with that person for a while and fall in love with that person as your friend because if you think about it a marriage is also a marriage or any other um, you know romantic relationship it's a friendship actually with a little bit more depth that's interesting a friendship with a little bit more depth i really like that um okay i have like a whole bunch of questions here Akila. but like you we've answered most of it to be honest yeah to to go back a bit to our podcast when we weren't supposed to speak about relationships but ended up speaking about relationships and that's caused <laughs> this whole commotion the birth of this this episode um we spoke about um expectations versus reality in relationships um can our guest speaker enlighten us on exactly like when is the well i feel personally that when you get into a relationship immediately like the minute you in that talking stage and you're like hey we are now in a relationship i feel that's the time to set out expectations because well i'm an advocate for communication is key but can you enlighten us okay well first do you agree on that well and if not uh like can you explain your opinion and from there can you tell us like exactly what's like give us an idea of expectations in a relationship that you need to outline with your partner surely everybody's relationships are different different circumstances but maybe a general idea of what's it like to help people yeah. start off i do agree with you and i think perhaps like the most important expectation can be um you know are we are we in a relationship just to kind of you know vibe and go on dates or whatever or do you actually see this being a long term thing you know you don't have to fight in the person get the answer they want to get married you know i think a lot of people might freak out if you say something like that but i think the, the right person shouldn't um but yeah i think that would be the first thing to ask you know like um i'm expecting to be in a long a long um, long term relationship and then the other person can say well actually not and then you at least know okay is this person <laughs> at least this person is not it's not going to work out i don't want my heart to be broken um in terms of other expectations i guess i you could move it back to our um topic in the start of the podcast where we were talking about um things you'd have to discuss when you're getting married and just adjust that slightly to a dating um relationship okay. Mhm. I definitely agree with that. 
Wait, I'm just going to list up questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what's the most, like, what do you say would be the most important, like, element in maintaining a relationship? What's some things that you think just absolutely work to, like, make um, a relationship work out? Definitely, I know communicating sounds a little bit um, broad, but communication, definitely. And men and women are so different. I don't know if you've heard of uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I haven't read it yet, but um, our relationship counselor has suggested that you know we take a look at that because men and women are on entirely different ends of the spectrum. So it makes communication a little bit tricky. So I guess um, having someone to you know help you navigate through that. So you know the communication thing first of all. It can be a little bit difficult to do it on your own. So have someone involved like a counselor. Perhaps if you're dating, you might think that it's a bit over the top. Um, but yeah, a counselor or a psychologist can definitely help with that. If you, um, not even, even if you feel like you aren't struggling, because I think eventually problems may crop up. And it's nice to know that if we do have a problem, we have someone who we can discuss this with. If it's not a counselor or a psychologist, it can even be, you know, a mutual friend but that would obviously have to be someone who you trust is going to see things um, in a balanced way. They're not going to be um, biased in any way. So um, definitely communicating and being honest about everything and also the way you communicate with your partner. Um, even if it's a difficult topic, don't be harsh. You know, Try and do it in a, in a loving way. And just remember that at the end of the day, um, you love that person and they love you. And whatever it is, you can work with it. Okay, on the topic of being biased, to all those aunties that think that people who see psychologists, there's something wrong with them, there's definitely nothing wrong with a person. Seeing a psychologist, whether you're a couple or whether you're a, a, a psychologist for a personal reason, yeah. I am actually proud of people that take up the challenge to address their mental health, to speak to yes. people. Like aunties... Indian aunties in the community just <laughs> for seeing psychologists. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And now moving on from that, 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 that's just something on my mind. Um, maybe if our guest speaker would ever want to join in about traditional social norms and the way that uh, generations have passed on in the Indian society of South Africa, we can talk into that another day. Um, yeah. So we've seen the birth of a relationship we've discussed like the talking stage getting into a relationship addressing your parents um we've discussed what happens in a relationship the communication and stuff and unfortunately um you experienced a heartbreak um yeah on the topic of the heartbreak what was it like um if you'd if you'd like to talk about that or if not can you help our listeners get through heartbreaks what helped you what was your healing mm. process moving on it's it's something that also a lot of people experience differently everybody has their own outlook on dealing with a heartbreak yeah. but give us the raw facts give it tell us like exactly like tell us the feelings the crappiest of feelings like i mm. think we always normally when a person's going through heartbreak, we try not to say the wrong things at the wrong time because that person is feeling something. So to like address the elephant in the room before somebody goes into a heartbreak or somebody that's already been in the heartbreak and can relate, like, I don't know if you get where I'm going with this. Just let it out. <laughs> um, okay, well, I guess um, whether you are the person who is walking away from the relationship or are being walked away from it's going to be a painful experience so um it's not it's not easy being on either end definitely and yeah I guess you can I, I like to liken it to um you know like a physical say I've gone to surgery and um obviously I've, I've come out of my surgery and I've like put me on pain medication and everything, it's all bandaged up. I can't see the wound. I know what procedures I've done. I've, I know I've had a breakup. And, but it's all bandaged up. I'm, yeah, I'm heavily under these drugs. You know, I'm feeling everything. I'm feeling sad. Perhaps I'm feeling a little bit disappointed. I'm feeling a little bit angry. So all those overwhelming feelings are, you know, going to be like at the outset. At least that, that's how it was for me. And so, yeah, my wound is completely covered. 
I can't see what it looks like. You know, things are a little bit too sensitive to, to touch on at the moment. I don't want to talk about the topic. I don't want to think too much about it, even though it seems to be the thing that's like, you know, dominating my life at the moment. Um, but I do realize in the back of my mind that it's not something that should be just shelved. I think a lot of people, um, especially if they're in a serious relationship, the easiest thing for them to do is to take all those memories and just not think about it. They don't think about the, the, you know, the good memories. They don't want to think about the bad memories. And they don't want to confront the actual breakup itself. But like this, um, this surgery that I've gone for, eventually I'm going to have to take the dressing off and I'm going to have to clean the wound and I'm going to see what it looks like. And it's probably going to freak me out a little. And it might you know, burn when I'm you know, cleaning it and everything. And it's an uncomfortable experience. You have to start say, you know, with a surgery on your hand. You need to start moving it start getting it back to, you know, back to normal. And that's, um, you know, starting to look more at your relationship. I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, um, no. Do you have any questions? That's, that's mind-blowing revelation to me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, you start, at first it's going to be hard to look at your relationship. You might not want to, but I feel like you need to realize that you, you have to. If you want to become a better person, you want to have, taken lessons out of it you are going to need to confront it and eventually you will get to a point where you can take remove all the dress things and yes there's still going to be a scar there it's still going to be a, a little bit painful a little bit hard to look at but eventually I think you do get to a point where you can say yes I experienced this but I've learned x y and z from it and it's okay you know these things happen and you know, at first you might think, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine life without this person. Or um, am I ever going to be in a relationship again? You know, that might, you know, be a, a very um, strong feeling. You might not want to be in a, in a, in a relationship again, but you, you should accept those feelings and say, okay, I understand why I'm feeling like this. It's because, you know, I've maybe been... Um, yeah, I've, I've been through this heartbreak. It's normal to feel all of this. But I need to also, you know, get to a point where I can say, well, actually, it doesn't mean that I can never be in a relationship again. It, it actually means that I know a lot more and that can help me through a new relationship. I've mm -hmm. learned, I've, you know, it's like failing a test. You're not going to say, oh my gosh, I never want to write a test again. You're going to say, what did I do wrong? What can I change for the next one? Oh, and obviously not in... Um, a conveyable fashion where you're just moving from one relationship to the next without actually thinking of, you know, what happened, what happened in that relationship. You know, it's easy to, to want to be in a new relationship and feel all those feelings again, but you need to be honest with yourself and realize that it's not good for you and it's not good for the other person. You're just going to be projecting and, um, you know, feeling fearful and that other person might think oh gosh what have I done every time meantime it's no problem and you just haven't resolved it interesting is there any like specific active steps that you took to to healing like I don't know did you I don't know maybe find like a hobby or something like did you try to distract yourself or did you just like let it consume you and then wait for it to pass because I mean everything mm -hmm. like that passes you know, I yeah. feel like at a point it just yeah, like, time so gradually goes. Yeah, definitely. So is there anything yeah. you specifically did? Well, I actually decided to see a psychologist. So from the get-go, I was had been going for appointments. And I definitely think that that helped me to, you know, move through everything. And in fact, I still see my psychologist. You know, some some of my relatives will say, Oh, you're still seeing your psychologist, you know, does uh, do you have an issue or whatever? And no, you don't have to have a problem like right there and then. Something doesn't have to have happened yesterday for me to be speaking to my psychologist today. It can be, um, you know, still working on that, you know, heartbreak or just dealing with day-to-day -day things, you know, university or whatever. But yeah, seeing my psychologist definitely helped a lot. And I know for some people, finance might be an issue, but talk to your university or your school, generally they might be able to help you out, you know, help you to see someone. 
even if you you know speak to your parents, be open about it. It's not something that you should be you should be shy of. Yes, people do have these you know ideas, and they say that um, it's some people might say it's un-Islamic. Some people might say no, are you depressed or you know something like that. But you just need to confront all of that as hard as it is. I definitely think that seeing a psychologist um, helps you to work through all those problems, and you don't feel alone. Especially, um, you know, being my age, I felt like I didn't have anyone to relate on, you know, with with what I'd been through. If I had known anyone, it was, you know, someone in her 30s and she's, you know, uh, she's married again. And so we're not really in the same boat. I'm I'm just, you know, 20. How is someone my age going to help me move through something like that? So um, it was definitely an active process. And I think that it needs to be an active process. It doesn't matter whether it was um, a marriage or something like dating. I think that you do need to confront it in some way. And if you don't choose to do it with psychologists, try to do it with yourself. You know, write about it, write how you're feeling or speak to a friend. Um, I do think that if you are speaking to a friend, though, I think you need to also just try and think of how much that person can assist you and try and think of, um, am I dumping a little bit too much on this person as well? You know, support system in terms of your, of your friends and family is really important, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's important not to take advantage of them as well. Yeah, I think there's like until, until a, a certain point, a certain point and a certain amount that you can let on to your friends. Obviously, your friends are your biggest support and uh, they want like the best for you and they want you to heal and things. But also, like you said, don't take advantage of them just because they're there all the time. You know, uh, at, at, at a point, you have to realize that the problem is now here and you need to see, seek someone professionally. And, and, and it's good. And honestly, there's like nothing wrong at all. Like Mavia said, seeking professional help, like from a psychologist, a therapist or something like that. Uh, because there are definitely things that um, therapy will teach you and allow you to go through um, that's just like, you know, other people wouldn't be able to give that to you. And you need that. You need that uh, guidance. I would say. Mm. Um, I just want to know, obviously, like I see everywhere that like healing isn't a linear process. You don't just go through it and then it's it's yes. over. Um, there are times that you like lapse back into your sadness or your depression or, you know, the heartbreak and that. Um, do you um, like, would you like just go to your psychologist for that? Or what do you just? Yeah, so... I mean, one of the, I mean, I was very like wanting to rush my healing process. And I would often say, but it's been so many months already, you know, why am I still feeling like this? And he would say, but you know, it, it doesn't have a time frame. It's like grieving for a person who's passed away. It's like your relationship has died. You know, you need time. You know, if, if your um, grandmother or grandfather has passed away, for instance, it's not something that you can immediately deal with. You know, at first it's that all those strong feelings, but you need time to to navigate through it. And then, yes, there are going to be times where, you know, um, you just have a bad day. And on those days, I would, um, you know, pray even more and um, just, just try and be in touch with myself more. Just maybe write about it. And if I can't speak to my psychologist, because obviously I have, you know, certain appointments, I am allowed to email, but um, that's just, um, I call it brain dumping because it's obviously not an actual consultation. I'm just saying, hey, this is what I'm going through. So it's basically the same thing as writing, like if I was writing to myself, but I'm just writing to my psychologist and he'll read it at some point. Um, I think that when you are going, having those strong feelings again, it's, you know, it's a cycle. It's not just going to go away immediately. Just be in touch with yourself and give yourself a break. Um, maybe don't touch the books for that day. Um, just be reasonable about it. Don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, I love that. Don't be too hard on yourself because um, it is a process and you do have to deal with it. And however people deal with it, definitely not everybody's going to be experiencing the same things and not going to feel the same way. Uh, and then there's different avenues um on ways to deal with heartbreak and to deal with healing and you just need to find what works for you and don't like um august just said 
um, she'd be like wanting to rush the process and be like, hey, why am I not feeling okay? Like it's been so long. And I guess it's also a feeling of like frustration where it's like, okay, like I need to get over this like right now. But that's not how it works. Like that's not how our brains and our hearts work. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, you know, an internal battle and you just don't know why you're feeling that way. And it's a good thing to have some sort of outlet. And I do think that like writing um, is like a good way like writing to yourself, writing to someone else, anything, just to like let it out, to feel how you're feeling and to like evaluate that on paper. I think that's a very good uh, way to healing. And also, there's also like other ways if you don't want to speak about it and you just want to distract yourself until you feel like it's finally passed. I mean, you know, there's like a lot of hobbies out there. You can go um, take yourself out on a date, do all of these things that's like actively making yourself feel good you know people sometimes don't get the necessary comfort and healing from just speaking about it they have to do stuff so maybe they need to like outwardly heal sort of you know go to the park sit there for a while read a book go paint some pottery uh, pick up a new hobby something Um, I think those definitely can also aid in the healing of you know from a breakup or um, relationship mishap anything like that Agreed. I don't know why I wanted to say something because he was like, leaning no, forward. I'm just processing everything I've, I've been listening to. I think um, everybody that's made it this far should take some time to reflect on what they've uh, heard today. Um, yeah, this podcast is a bit long. So to our guest speaker, is there anything like now we no topics nothing this is your final or not final hopefully we we can have you more on the show um uh if need be but we are now giving you the the show the platform to voice anything that you'd like to say to the audience that you'd like to get out for people to hear um yeah all yours well yeah um i guess from a religious perspective um if you are wanting to be in a relationship with someone, then I really hope that goes back to you. And just, um, yeah, whether you're going through heartbreak or um, just started in your relationship, um, turn to God, you know, don't, don't ever lose faith. And, um, yeah, keep those around you, like your family and friends close as well, even if you are in a new relationship and that person feels like the center of your world. Keep them close to, you know, don't don't forget about them. And um, with regards to heartbreak, yes, it's it's uncomfortable, yes, it's painful, but um, yeah, you'll you will get through it eventually. You just have to work at it. Yeah, I guess everything takes work, so you have to do it. And also, there's not a clear cut um, method that can tell you whether or not you should do this, whether or not you have to do it in order to see if it works or not. And then you have to try to make it work because nothing fully works out. But I mean, at least you have to try. Oh, I have one more question, which you don't really have to answer. If you could go back um, to before uh, you were married and you were you know, deciding to get married, um, and if you could change anything like if you could say okay if basically if you could not get married before would you go for that or is it like something that no you take like fully and this experience and I don't know no yeah I I accept I accept the experience and yes um there's new there are new challenges like not every day but every now and again a challenge pops up but um I've never regretted that and you know it it taught me a lot and you know, I, I did, um, you know, love that person. And yeah, I definitely don't have any regrets about it because I just think that the the heartbreak and all that, that's just, those are like little minor issues. I can move past that. But the lessons that came from that, I think it's endless. I mean, I just spoke mm-hmm. a little bit about it in, in this podcast, but I, I feel like it's it's definitely not something that I would ever undo because I just think it, it was meant to happen it gave me a lot more than it took away from. 
is there any lesson that you'd like to end off with on this podcast or any quotes that resonates deeply with you like that you can read from the top of your mind or if you have both please can you share with us both <laughs> um i guess have faith whether you are um starting a new relationship have faith whether you are in a difficult relationship and you don't know how you know whether it's going to work out or not have faith and or whether you are at the end of a relationship and you're having to walk away from it or someone has walked away from you have faith um i think that having faith no matter what will always keep you grounded it doesn't matter what you're going through whether it's good or bad just have faith i don't know if that makes sense but yeah just just keep keep that always going strong and that will carry you through everything um if i could just i just want to read something that, that you sent to me you sent this to me um our guest sent a quote to me and she said it's hard to be lonely but it's the right thing to do and i think take from it what you will i i i think that quote just means so much it is by lana del rey and it just puts everything into like simple terms um so yeah it's an admission of i'm not in the right space yet and i need more time to work on myself so i i just think that's that's lovely i mean it is difficult to be lonely but sometimes it's the right thing to do and it's also you know good for yourself so yeah i just wanted to read that thank you thank you to our guest speaker for coming on we really 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 appreciate it and thank i think you. i really enjoyed it we'll appreciate yeah. it as well Anything else I really enjoyed this discussion. Um yeah, I'd really like to thank our guest speaker. We may have went over time, but um one thing uh, our guest speaker should know by now and our regular listeners, we either go over time or we go under time. There's never in between with, with me and Akila or yeah. Sorry, English correction there. Uh, Akila and I. <laughs> um <laughs> uh what what i'd like to also say is just from a religious perspective i know we hear this a lot but i think that when somebody experiences a heartbreak or or any difficult situation right firstly um in islam we are taught that all good and bad comes from our lord and then there's also another thing that i keep seeing once uh, yeah and they on the timeline that somebody would say and retweet like people retweet it but how often do we actually think about it and i think our listeners um other than everything else that we've given you to think about um please ponder over the fact that the hardships and the challenges that we face individually as people our lord wouldn't give it to us if he knew that we couldn't overcome it and again it's all good and bad we it it comes from our lord therefore there's a reason behind it so what I, what i'm trying to say is that to our listeners don't ever look at something as a bad experience like surely you may have had a bad experience something may have been hard but try and overcome it as to an extent of where when you look back at it you are grateful for the lessons that you learned definitely i agree with that okay <laughs> i think that brings us to the end of our podcast for today um we're going to upload this today correct Yeah. Okay, so happy weekend, happy Saturday, happy long weekend everyone. Have a fantastic time and stay tuned for our next podcast. But for now, cheers. <laughs>